Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions at home with your friends and with your family. My name is Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm the Reverend Hannah Wilder, and I'm the curate at St. Mark's Episcopal Church, and I'm also filling in as the visiting priest at St. Andrew's in Pacific Beach while Mother Mary Lynn is on maternity leave. Yes, and the reason why Mother Mary Lynn is on maternity leave is the same reason that David Tremaine is not here with us on the Faith to Go podcast, and that is that this week they welcomed their newest member of the family. The new baby is here, everybody is safe, and they are at home. Yeah, they're happy and healthy, and little baby Fritz is just eating like a champ. (laughs) Excellent. Don't we all want to eat like a champ? (laughs) Yeah. Life goals. Yeah, so we miss David, but in the next six weeks that we are here without him while he takes this time with his family, you will have Hannah and I each week. And then starting next week, we'll welcome a guest with us um, to be part of the conversation of the gospel. David, we are so happy that you are able to take this break, but the conversation about the gospel must go on. It must go on. It must go on. We miss you, David. We love you. And you'll be back in six short weeks. Yes. If not sooner. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you get sick of those kids, just come right back to Faith to Go. Yeah. Just kidding. (laughs) And as we know, one of the things that we do here on Faith to Go is to talk about a place that we saw God moving this week. And I had a reflection that I was hoping to share with all of you today, which as Hannah and I are recording, um, it is the week that we celebrate Martin Luther King. Monday was Martin Luther King Day. And here at Christ Church, we have an art installation out on the fence. And the art was is all Martin Luther King Jr. quotes that were created by the students at Christ Church Day School. And there's been a lot of God sightings this week, because there have been community members walking by and taking time to read those words, and you can see them pause and pray and reflect as they experience the reflection walk. But the place that I really felt it this week was in the students themselves. We've gone outside to explore the walk and to highlight what resonates for us, what stands out for us, um, which words are especially powerful as we look at it. And then we come together to say, what is our dream for our country? And I've really been so moved listening to the children share what their dreams are for our country. But dreams are kind of like fluffy clouds. We, in fact, put it in a fluffy cloud on a piece of paper. And below it is a mountain because in order for dreams to become real, we have to take action steps towards them. The same way you have to plan and execute a hike up a mountain to get near the clouds. And I've been blown away as I watch them take these dreams and break them into achievable actions, things that they can do and execute themselves, things that they can invite their families to partner with on them, things that they can invite their community to partner with. And it's so exceptionally powerful to listen to children say the change and the good that they want for this world to hear how they feel called to make the world a better place, and also for us as adults to listen to them. And I feel like God is moving through all of that. 
Absolutely. That's a beautiful reflection. And I think, Charlotte, you're right that so often we expect children to listen to us, but you're having this wonderful experience of actually listening to children. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, listening to each other is something that all of us need to be better about. And certainly listening to children falls in that category, too. So as always, we want to hear from you. Um, We'd love to hear where you saw God moving this week. Um, If you did anything in particular to to mark Martin Luther King Day, how you are achieving your dreams for this world. And so we encourage you to email us, faithtogo at edsd.org, or to message us through the website, myfaithtogo.org, or to send us a message on Instagram. There are so many ways to get in contact with us, and we would love for you to do it. Would you please tell us, you know, how the podcast resonates for you and where you have seen God moving this week? Yeah, we want to hear. Absolutely. And that's especially important this week, Hannah, because you are the number one emailer and you are now (laughs) on the podcast. So we need other people to pick up the mantle for you. Yeah, see, it could be you too. Like Elijah and Elisha (laughs) passing on the mantle. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh, this is so great. Can I just give a little shout out to, um, I'd like to give a shout out to Richard Coulson, one of our most faithful listeners. And I don't know if this is the right time, Charlotte, but I'd like to give some context, which I know Richard Coulson really appreciates. Yeah, absolutely. And Hannah, is it okay? Let me read the gospel. And then as soon as I read the gospel, you can give the context on it. Um, And we do want our listeners to be happy. So the context is very, very important. Um, So this week... We have the gospel for the fourth Sunday of Epiphany, which will be January 31st, and it is the gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Thank you, Charlotte. Yes, so this section is in the first chapter of Mark still. And so Mark just makes the action move so quickly. So, you know, we started with John the Baptist preparing the way, Jesus being baptized and tested in the desert Mm -hmm. and tempted by Satan. And then Jesus calls his disciples. And immediately after that, we have this scene. And it's like a day in the life of Jesus, you know, and he's teaching in the synagogue. And this is what happens there. Um, And after that, he goes on to heal many people. And um, yes, his fame grows. but, But this is really like the first time we see Jesus teaching in the synagogue. And it's establishing the authority of Jesus, which um, we'll get into a little bit later. But that's just a little bit of context of where we are in Jesus's life in the Gospel of Mark. 
Thank you, Hannah. And yes, actually, my point today, which is point number one, um, is about this authority that we hear right here in the gospel. Um, so Jesus goes into the temple and he and it says that they were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority. And I came back to this a couple of different times yesterday as I was looking through the gospel because I was thinking, well, what kind of authority are we talking about, right? Like, Jesus doesn't have any worldly authority. He's not in charge of anything that makes laws or rules for the common people. And I was thinking about the people that normally are teaching within the temple and why his teaching would have been different, why it would have seemed as though he was speaking with authority. And I think that for me, that comes almost from a place of considering that Jesus is telling his own story, that the way that he is reading and he is teaching them comes from this deep place within himself, speaking of what he knows is going to be fulfilled, of what he knows is on the road ahead. And the other word that comes to me as I consider all of that is integrity. It's it's such a different place than someone who is standing at the front with a book and just reading something by rote the way that they think that we are all supposed to hear it. It doesn't have the same depth, the same meaning, the same connection um, that we know would have been coming out of Jesus's mouth because it was coming from every fiber of his being. It was the entire reason why he was there. And that authority is vastly different than what we think of when we picture the word authority. Like when I think of someone with authority, I almost can see a hand outstretched and pointing at me, right? Like you better do this and you better follow this rule. And the authority that comes from Jesus, this deep authority. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus didn't ever call us out when we were doing anything wrong or tell us what we were supposed to do. I am certainly not saying that. But I would also say that this authority is an invitation. It's an invitation that comes from this deep place of truth to walk with God um, and to live into this message and to consider how we are living. And are we living from this true and deep place of ourselves and our connectedness to God? Or are we pointing our finger at people and coming from this perceived area of authority instead? Amen, Charlotte. Well said. I um, I think this whole idea of authority is so interesting um, and how it happens in the context of the synagogue, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a place where prayer and teaching and worship and community gathering, it just all happens right there. And it it's also timely because it's the beginning of Jesus's ministry and people are wondering, you know, who is this guy? Like who's authorized him? Like Mm -hmm. why does he have the authority to do and say these things? And, you know, it's interesting that just by his very presence, the unclean spirit, the impure spirit reacts to Jesus's authority and contests it and challenges it. You know, it's like a fight scene we have here. (laughs) And Jesus's authority is contested throughout his life in the Gospel of Mark. But it's really just Jesus's presence, his words, and his deeds that threaten other forces that are trying to claim authority over people's lives. And these other authorities, they have something to lose, so they're threatened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I the word that stood out to me and that I was 
focusing on as I was preparing is the word destroy. You know that you have this unclean spirit that is like, you know, why are you coming here to destroy us? Why are you picking this fight? You know, (laughs) couldn't you just do things the way they were? But, um, you know, in terms of our own selves and our own personal development um, and psyches, I think there are parts of us that when we come into the presence of something greater, healthier, more whole, those parts of us freak out and they're like, why do you want to destroy me? And we resist moving toward that greater wholeness and that greater connection to God. And, you know, we hold on and we cling to the very things that destroy us, whether it's, you know, unhealthy emotional patterns or poor communication, or maybe it's addiction, you know, something that Mm -hmm. we struggle with, but that we also, it's like we have these love-hate relationships with these poor coping mechanisms, you know? And so that's kind of how I think of this story, which to me just seems so, like, honestly, it just seems so bizarre. Like, (laughs) what was really going on here? And you know, did other people, obviously they witnessed this, but mm-hmm. in trying to make sense of it for myself in, in 2021, you know, I'm just thinking about how there's so many parts of myself that need the touch of Jesus and need, you know, really can't heal without God. And yet those are the places where I can get defensive mm-hmm. and I can and say, don't destroy this thing, you know, this, this crutch or whatever it is. But, um, but it's, it's not really a contest because Jesus gives a command and the spirit is gone. Yeah. Well, and Hannah, as I was listening to you talk about that, and I was thinking about our resistance, right? Um, Because we are so resistant to when there is an area of our life that we need to change. It takes a lot of work to get to that place of being willing to change, right? But that even in the resistance that God is moving in that. That yes. even in that moment when we are pushing back and we are pushing against, that God is moving in that. And that we yeah. are called to let go of our control so that we can change and so that we can let God work through us each day. That's so true. It's like we can't resist the the long, slow work of God, right? It's always going on, even in these times when we're resisting yeah god is in there too you're right yeah even when we want to be a little kid kicking and screaming (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. don't destroy us (laughs) yeah completely yeah completely and so i think that that takes us to our third shared point um which is more what the how this gospel ties up and what it means for the road ahead. At least that's where I think we're getting to in it. And that we have, you know, Jesus speaking from this place of authority and the truth and the wholeness that comes from that. We have us journeying through our resistance or this unclean spirit, um, having this conversation with Jesus. But then at the end, The very last line of this, and we don't always get the last line to be so encapsulating and like the end type of thing, but it says, at once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. And I love the finality of that statement, saying A plus B equals spreading throughout Galilee. Um, But I think (laughs) that part of why that happens is because of all of the things that we just discussed, Hannah. That, you know, Mm -hmm. that when you consider this deep truth 
of who Jesus is and how he lives his life and how this is, you know, a beginning part of his ministry. And then his ability to command through resistance, um, through fear that, well, that would make you famous, wouldn't it? I don't know. (laughs) I think it would make you famous. And, you know, I just, I appreciate that so much. And I think that this, um, this gospel reading, which is a difficult one because of its, you know, supernatural nature, mm-hmm. um, I think that it really challenges us as Christians in the Episcopal Church or or just in any church, you know, in, in 2021 to, to acknowledge that so much is beyond our control and there's always more to be revealed, you know, that God is bigger, so much bigger than what we can fathom in our human minds. Right. So, right. And I and, love. And that's really what. Oh, go ahead. Nope, you first. I'm just going to say, I think that's really what Epiphany is about is, you know, that we have these manifestations of God's greatness and power, but it's also about, um, you know, what we hope for and long for in the future. Yeah. And doesn't that bring us back full circle, right? Because we started <laughs> off talking about dreams yes. for the future. Yes, I have a dream. Mm -hmm. I have a dream for all of us. Let us share the light and the hope with each other. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yep. I sure do love Epiphany. It's a great season for all of us because it calls us to consider not just our own light and how we care for it, but how we share it with others. And I think that there's something to be said before the season of Lent that we spend time thinking about sharing light with each other. Yeah. Sharing the good news. Yeah. You know, and Amanda Gorman, who was the poet at the inauguration, she spoke about being the light Mm -hmm. and how we, each of us lives our lives in a way as to be the light in the dark, in the darkness. And it was so beautiful. I think that's really appropriate. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, what do you know, Hannah Wilder? We have three points. The first, (laughs) I know, the first point was mine, and it was about Jesus's authority, um, and that coming from the deep place within himself of telling his own true story and magnifying that out into the world. Um, The second was yours, and it was about our resistance. Um, You know, we had the unclean spirit who was resisting Jesus, but we also have our own resistance over change and things that we have going on in our lives and our call to let God work through us into those. And then the third was this partnership of considering how Jesus, everything that Jesus did through this section and everything Jesus did through his life led to that good news spreading all throughout Galilee and people wanting to share um, this message with each other. And I think that even if we include this thought on Epiphany that you and I were just having, um, that that's maybe our call to continue to share the good news with each other and with the world. Yes, and all our listeners call to go out this week and be the light and share the good news. Yes, and then to email us about it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Email us, message us, tweet at us. We want to hear from you. That's right. That's right. Um, And so I think that that is all we have for today. We will be back together next week, same time, same place, um, with a (laughs) guest this time as we consider the fifth week of Epiphany. Um, And until that time... I think that we have to say goodbye, everybody. 
Goodbye, Goodbye everybody. everybody.